Daniel chapter number 6, Daniel chapter number 6, aren't you glad the blood of Christ was enough? I certainly am. I'm glad that uh, Jesus was willing to die and pay for my sins, and that's the only way that God would be satisfied. Uh, it's good to be saved, good to be born again. Uh, even on a Sunday night at the beginning of January, a new year, when everybody's sick and just don't care to be here, I tell you, it's just an exciting time to be alive. Uh, no, but uh, we look forward to a good time this evening, and as you know, I, I so many are sick, and uh, my whole family is, 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 is sick, and uh, I have been sick, and so I'm going to try and do my best to be very concise tonight, and I don't want to keep us any longer than we have to be here, and uh, we'll just see how I hold out tonight, but I do want to bring a, a thought uh, that I think will be a help to us and a good reminder to us uh, the wonderful thing about the Bible is uh, sometimes once we're saved, we begin to learn about the Christian life. We, need to, we begin to learn the Word of God. Things are new to us because we've never heard them before. There's nothing new under the sun, but it's new to us. And I love when, when learning, when, as I, I've grown up in this thing, you see things and you learn things for the first time. And it's an exciting thing as a pastor. You have a new Christian or somebody who's never grown in the Lord, and they begin to grow in the Word of God. That's exciting. But much of the Christian life is just being reminded of that which we know. That would be reminded of that which we should give attention to and priority to. And tonight's one of those messages as we get the new year off to uh, the right way. I'm not even going to ask how many of you have already messed up all your New Year's resolutions. We're just a few days into it. But to remind us spiritually uh, of some things that we need to give our focus and attention to. Daniel chapter uh, number 6, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful... Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Daniel did such a good job that there was no fault that could be found. So you see these, these pagan, these unsaved, these godless individuals, uh, they, they didn't like Daniel because of this reason. They didn't like Daniel because of the character that he had. The only way we're going to get him is, it when it, is it when it comes to him and his God. We'll not take time to read it, but in verses 6, 7, 8, and 9, they conspire, they go before Darius, they get a decree signed, Darius signs it, and for a period of time, nobody can pray to anybody uh, but uh, to, to, to the king, to a, uh, sta a statue of the king, and nobody can pray to anybody but this false god in giving honor to Darius. And so they did this so that they could catch Daniel. Now, verse number 10, our text verse tonight. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. We know this is the story of Daniel in the lion's den as it would be taught uh, in a Sunday school class. 
uh, Daniel is going to be convicted of his Christianity. Daniel is going to go to the, the lion's den as a decree that Darius signed said. And God is going to preserve him. Uh, God is going to bring him through and, and give a victory and uh, show himself mighty. Uh, but I want us to look at verse <clears throat> number 10 with the first part of chapter 6 <clears throat> as the context and the backdrop. And I just want to speak on this simple subject tonight. Convicted of Christianity. Convicted of Christianity. Uh, I'm afraid that, <coughs> sadly, it may be true of some Christians, that we can be convicted of other things at work, but could we be convicted of Christianity? Are people be surprised? <coughs> Excuse me, we go out in this world and we find ourselves as a Christian. So I want to speak on that subject tonight, and hopefully I'll last longer than five minutes this evening. Uh, but <coughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to open your word, <coughs> another opportunity to hear from you. Now, Father, I pray that uh, for the next few minutes you would use these truths, these thoughts that you put on my heart, put on my mind tonight. Uh, may they be a help to all of us. May they encourage us. And uh, Father, may we determine to have a life uh, that reflects our relationship with you. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at our text this evening, there are several things that I want to point out by way of introduction before we get to the outline this evening. Uh, we see that, that Darius, he is, the, of course, the king over this great kingdom. Uh, we know that Daniel and others have been uh, taken captive as God's people have been conquered. Uh, we see in the first few verses, verse number 2, <coughs> as Darius is setting up in verse number 1, 120 princes over the whole kingdom. Then there's three presidents, of whom Daniel was the first. Daniel was a very powerful man. Daniel was a very prominent man. Uh, we know of, of how uh, he and the other uh, Hebrew decided that we're not going to partake of the things of this, of this world, of this pagan society. We are, going, we are different, so therefore we're going to be different. And God showed favor on them, and they rose in the ranks, if you will, because God favored them. And just as a side, it's a reminder to all of us, uh, God is pretty good. No, no, God's not pretty good. God's very good at promoting His children where He wants them promoted in spite of whether or not we get on the program with the world. He will bless us for doing right. Mom and Dad, remember that. <clears throat> so, well, my kid's not going to get this. God will take care of your children if you rear them according to the things of, of the Word of God. God will take care of you, child of God, if you just keep Him first. <clears throat> but David rose to this prominence, and as we've already seen in verse number 5, uh, they conspired against him, and they said it's going to have to be when it comes to his God. And in doing so, they had this decree signed, and we find Daniel coming to just make a point of decision. decision. <coughs> what is he going to do when it comes to uh, what has already been done? And so I'm going to try and get through this as quickly as possible. I would let one of the men come up and, and preach my outline tonight, but they could not read my writing. And so uh, we're just going to have to uh, get through this. Uh, now, convicted of Christianity. Uh, let, me, let me say this before we get to the outline. Uh, the darker the day, the brighter the light shines. God has us on this earth for a purpose. He wants us home with Him. He wants us to be with Him. That's the Bible reminds us of that. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death, death of His saints. 
He wants, but so he has a purpose. If we're here today, and we are, because he has a purpose for us. And, and the more wicked this world becomes, the darker in our nation it becomes, uh, the greater opportunity we have to stand out. A Christian should stand out. Now, here together as a church, it's easy for us uh, to fellowship as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's easy for us to fit in because we're all saved. We're all born again. We're all redeemed. We're all heading the same direction. We're all on the same Bible page. This is what we want to do with our life. This is we, want, we want to please the Lord. But go into society, we have an opportunity to give a clear contrast to what the world is doing. Now, it makes the world uncomfortable. It should, we should not be as uncomfortable as the world is. So, well, I just, I, just, I, just, I just stand out. And sometimes we feel uncomfortable because we are different. But that's the way it should be because we are different. And Daniel, he put conviction on all those around him. He showed that there was a way that it should be done, and he continued to get blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. <coughs> so I say that, that as the world changes around us and gets moves further and further away from God, uh, we have an opportunity to shine a brighter and brighter and brighter light. And that should be something that we have a desire to do, is so that everybody around us can see the light of Christ in us. I want people to know, that's why it's more important than it's ever been, that we act like a Christian, talk like a Christian, look like a Christian, go places that a Christian should go, because there needs to be a difference. There needs to be a testimony. And so it's important that we do that. But let me give you the outline tonight. We see we were convicted of Christianity. I hope in this world you have a desire that if we were in this circumstance, now nobody wants to face being thrown into the lion's den, but could somebody convict you of Christianity? Somebody convict me of Christianity. I'm not going to say, Pastor, look around. Don't we look like Christians? I'm not talking about in church on Sunday. I'm talking about throughout the week. Could we be convicted? Could we put, be put on trial? Could we be convicted of our Christianity? And not just that, as the world changes around us, and it becomes less popular, and it could happen and it will happen in, in our country. It becomes criminal to do of many things that this Bible says that we ought to do. Are we, can, are we going to be convicted of our Christianity? It's amazing that there's some who say, well, let's put these churches in this situation, this certain situation, because we know we have them. Sadly, there's some who, doesn't matter what happens, they're, they're just going to fall right in line with what government says. There's some things as a Christian that we don't have to fall in line with. Now, let me give you the outline. I'm, going to get, I'm finally here at it. <clears throat> Number one, Daniel kept his routine. He kept his routine. Notice in verse number 10, Now when Daniel knew, this is important, that the writing was signed, he went into his house. Before the writing was signed, he already had the routine. So after the decree was signed, what did he do? What he's always done. You can't keep the routine if you don't have a routine. So the first thing that I see from this story in this passage of Scripture is, he kept a routine because he had a routine. If you and I are going to be, quote-unquote, convicted of Christianity, all we must do is just keep our routine. We ought to have a routine, a daily routine of spending time with God. A routine, people in your neighborhood, we talk about the Lord's Day, uh, people around you, they ought to know that there's going to be a car missing in your driveway Sunday morning, Sunday night, if you're not prohibited from being there on Wednesday night, because you have a routine, you go to church. 
And if they see your car in the parking lot on Sunday morning, Sunday night, they ought to come knock on the door. Everybody okay? Because that's different from the routine. Uh, we ought to have a routine that we do. It should be common for us to do certain things as a Christian. He just went about his business. I've tried to keep our focus on this over the last couple of years. No matter what happens around us, we ought to just do what we're supposed to do as a child of God. We do what we're supposed to do as a church. We do what we're supposed to do as a Christian. And he kept his routine. And friend, let me remind you, you must have a routine before you can keep a routine. We have to have routines protect us. Routines, uh, he said, what do we do on Sunday? We go to church. We got to have routines built around the things of God. Uh, we have, do you have a time? Do you have a routine of when you read your Bible? Spend time in prayer. Whenever that is, there ought to be a time. That is your routine. Now, those things should not become so routine to us that they just become a, a religious exercise. We know that, but it ought to be so part ingrained in us that no matter what happens around us, we know what we're going to do. If in this situation it was decreed uh, that you can't pray to anybody else but the, the one the who Darius said you could pray to, what did, what did Daniel do? He just did what he always does. Uh, there's, and I mentioned it this morning. I think it's important for, for, for what, I, what I said this morning uh, to be so reminded of. There's a lot of rhetoric today, but a lot of Christians, that, that you know, it's, I mean, we're making a difference. You know, we put out a Facebook post. You know, that's not making a difference. We've got to have a routine of what we do as a child of God. You know what makes a difference? If the church houses were filled up again, that would make a difference. Uh, that would make a big difference. If Christians live like, like Christians ought to live from Monday, from Sunday to Sunday, that would make a difference in this world. That is a routine that we should be in. If somebody uh, acts a certain way around you, they ought to know what, what they're going to get out of you. They ought to know how you're going to respond because it is part of who we are. Daniel kept his routine. He knew and he just went about his business. We ought, to, we ought to have a routine so that we can keep that routine. Number two, uh, I see that he was unashamed of his practice. Verse 10, now when Daniel knew <coughs> the writing was signed, he went into his house in his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. Every, apparently when David or Daniel prayed, he opened that window and looked back towards his homeland. He prayed to his God with his window open towards Jerusalem. Now, after the decree was signed, he could have closed those windows. But part of his routine was, I'm opening these windows, and I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm praying to God. So he was unashamed of his practice. You know, when we have a routine of, of uh, serving the Lord, we have a routine of, of, of honoring Him with our life, we have that routine, uh, it's, it, and we're not ashamed of that routine. It begins to make a difference. It's, it's who we are. He was not ashamed of it. We should not be ashamed of uh, the, the routine that we have. We should not be ashamed uh, of our practice. <clears throat> I'm not ashamed to walk out of my house on Sunday morning in my, in my obvious church clothes. I'm not going to the lake like this. <clears throat> I'm not going to the football stadium like this. Uh, I'm going to the, to the church house. I'm not ashamed for, for people to see me. I'm not ashamed. It's this, 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 this morning uh, on the way into Sunday school, I had to stop by the, the, the store and pick up some cough drops and some, some medication. And apparently I'm not the only one that's been sick because everything is 
gone. And uh, so, uh, so, but I walked in. How did, how did I walk in? I walked in exactly like I'm, I'm dressed now. It's amazing how the, how, how, how the crowd just parts ways from you when you walk in on Sunday in church clothes and, and those that are in their Jaguars jerseys, I don't know why you wear one of those anyway, but they were in their Jaguars jerseys and they had their, 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 their shopping carts and they would go the other way. I say, did you do that? Make the No, this is, what, this is what I do on Sunday. It's what I'm wearing on Sunday. Uh, it, it, it's, it's who I am. We shouldn't have that. We should not be ashamed. Um, it's amazing. <coughs> we should not talk different ways. It's who we are. We shouldn't have a language that we, we use on Sunday. Now, you may not want to call your coworkers brother and sister. That might throw them off a little bit. But uh, uh, you, you, know what I, you know what I'm talking about. He was, uh, he was not ashamed of his practice. Number three, I find this to be very important, and it certainly should be helpful to us in the day we live. After he opened his chamber toward Jerusalem, notice what the Bible says. He kneeled his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. When he was on his knees, number three, his focus was on God. When he was on his knees, there was this obvious who he was focused on. He was very aware of the decree. He was very aware of why the decree had been written and signed. He was very aware of these men who were not pleased with the position that Daniel had. So what did he focus on? Did he focus on these men? Did he focus on Darius? No, he kept his focus where it was every, matter of fact, three times a day. He kept his focus on God. Christian, you and I, if we want to be convicted of our Christianity, uh, we shouldn't get distracted. We ought to keep our focus on God. What does God have for me today? What does God have for me this week? What, is, what does God want to do with my life? And how does, what are the responsibilities that God has given me as a steward of, the, of what He's given me? What, are my, what is His responsibilities? I'm afraid, especially in, the, in, in, this, in, this, in this environment that we live in and with, with all of the, 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 the social media and the media and all the ways and everything that's going on in our world. It's so easy for us to get our focus off of God and our focus on something else. Our focus needs to stay on God. And this focus three times a day was on God. He bowed his knees to God. And you and I, our focus has got to stay on God. No matter how crazy this world gets, where should our focus be? On him. Be on God. His focus was on God. Then number four, we find a day and he, and he gave thanks before his God. In verse 10, as he did a fourth time. This is key. He was consistent in his actions. I already alluded to it, the first part, when he kept his routine, but he gave thanks before his God, he did it four times. Nothing changed. Daniel was the same every single day. He was the same when he served in his position. He was the same when he went home. But that's quite an accomplishment. That's quite a testimony to the character of Daniel that he was consistent. I'm afraid a lot of times, and this ought to speak to all of our hearts tonight, I'm afraid a lot of times we can and we do, sadly, hurt the cause of Christ because we're not consistent in our Christian life. Others are watching us. We have to be reminded that others say, who's watching? I don't know who's watching you. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's aware that you're a Christian. Somebody knows that you attend church. I mean, it's 
quite is in the day we live in especially, it's pretty dedicated not just to be faithful every Sunday morning, but you're back on Sunday night. Uh, pe- people are watching you. People that you work with, work in your office, they, they know there's things that you don't go out and participate in. You must be consistent. I must be consistent. Hey, mom and dad, <coughs> when you're at church, you ought, to be, you, ought to, you ought to act a certain way, but you ought to act the same way at home. We ought to be consistent. None of us are perfect. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, my parents aren't perfect. Well, nobody's are. And when you're a parent, you won't be perfect either. You won't be the first one, I promise you. Um, uh, but we ought to be consistent, do our best to be consistent in our, in our Christian life. Uh, how consistent are we? He did as he always did. The pressure was on him. He didn't have to alter. And you know what protected him in not changing? Because he had a routine. As this world changes around us, there's going to be pressure on Christians. It's the way it's always going to be. The Bible tells us it's going to be that way. And the safety I have, I don't ever want to change no matter what the pressure. I don't ever want to change one little bit. How do I keep myself from changing? I lock myself into my routine. I'm just going to be consistent. I'm just going to keep doing what I know I'm supposed to do. See, well, what if this happens? And what if, and I'm afraid, there's been a lot of times we've sat around as Christians, what if this happens? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What is this? What's going to happen? What? We don't know. But I know this, but my focus has got to stay on God. You know, my focus is on Him, it's on the right thing. And, you know, the devil wins, our enemy wins if he can pull, if we can get our focus off. Our focus don't have to be on Him, just on something other than God. And my focus is on God, my focus is on Him. I want to be consistent. Uh, I, I want what people want. And sometimes the devil's crowd, they take advantage because they know how we're going to respond. And we can do this because they know what the Bible says we're supposed to do. If I'm ever going to be convicted of something, I say, well, he's going to respond this way. He's going to respond this way. He's going to respond this way. And, you know, not to, none of my children are here tonight. They're backslidden. But, you know, it's sometimes through the years, it's like, why didn't didn't you, something comes up, I say, why didn't you bring that up? Well, I knew what you were going to say. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. And sometimes, you know, you, that you think of some crazy things, but um, why don't we be convicted of our, of our Christianity? People need to know what they're going to get when they get, get with us. They say, well, it's getting more difficult. I understand that. But our routine, what is your routine? Do you have a routine? You're here on Sunday. That's great. Keep that as part of your routine. Don't change your routine. Things get difficult. We need to. We need. No, we change the room. One of the most dangerous things about all the things that happen with COVID and all that is it is with all the different changes and all the different shutdown and all the different precautions. And I'm not against being cautious. I'm not against being uh, as safe as possible. We possibly can. But there's a danger in getting us out of our routine. There's a danger in getting us out of the routine of what we do on Sunday. Out of the routine of, of what I do every single day. So the holiday season. It's a wonderful time. But it's a dangerous time. Why? Because routines change. And there is, there's comfort and safety in our routine. Uh, let's just make up our mind that we're going to serve God no matter what. I'm going to seek Him no matter what. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying. And, and sometimes people get offended by, by Christians, and, it's, and it's, it's because of conviction. And it's a reminder that the Lord uses our life to convict other people. And I, we don't have to, you don't have to put a pulpit around your neck and take it everywhere you go. 
if you just look like a Christian, act like a Christian, have grace about you as a Christian ought to have, that would be something different about you. People, it, it bears witness with other Christians. I can't tell you how many times I've been encouraged because you see somebody, you lock eyes like, could it be? Could it be another Christian? Could it be another child of God? Could it be? And you strike up a conversation, that's encouraging to me. I was doing business not too long ago, and, and, uh, uh, and, and the man I was doing business with, we, we, we were there at his, his office for a little bit and doing business with him, and he goes, what do you, what do, you do? And so I, says, I told him, I said, I'm the pastor of the uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church, and he said, I accepted the Lord. And he began to tell me his testimony, how he got saved in, in uh, Ohio as a young man and accepted the Lord and uh, began to tell me his whole testimony. And it was, it was encouraging to me. It was encouraging to him. But you know, I, I then did business with somebody else. He says, what do you do? I told him, he says, tell me about that. And I was able to give, give a testimony and give the plan of salvation because of that. See, this world, and that's why this, this angry part of this world gets so upset because it's, a, it's, it's conviction. That's why we can never change because God needs to use our life to be light in this world and just have that routine. Uh, Sunday, what, what day is this? Lord's Day. Uh, what do we do on Sunday? We go to church. We go to church. Uh, what am I going to do? Every morning I get up, that sun comes up. Say, how, hey, should I read my Bible every day? Every day the sun comes up. You ought, you ought to get up and read your Bible. You ought to spend time with the Lord. You ought to have a certain way that you respond and uh, be consistent in our Christian life. This world needs to see some consistent Christians because the devil has convinced a lot of people that Christians are nothing but hypocrites. And sadly, there are hypocrites. I just don't want to be one of them. I want to be consistent. I don't want to fold. I, don't want, I want to keep my stand. I admire Daniel greatly, greatly. I find it interesting, and I, I believe it is in Ezekiel. When I did found this when I was studying Job, a study about Job, that when God is is speaking through that prophet and says, "I'm going to destroy," I'm going to destroy, I'm going to chastise. He mentions three men: Noah, Job, and Daniel. He says, "If even if those three men were there now." I wouldn't withhold, which tells me he held those three men very, very high regard because in spite of the circumstances around them, they kept their focus on God. We live in it. I'm not discouraged about what's taking place in this world. I'm not discouraged about what's taking place in our country. I'm excited, not excited about foolishness, not excited about uh, um, 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 things going away from God, but I'm excited about the opportunity we have as the light of Christ to show this world that there is hope in Christ. We need to be consistent, though, so this world can see Christ. Father, help us tonight as we consider these truths, consider <coughs> what we...